which I am the Michigan area pastor. And so I'm delighted to be with all of you yet again. I'm glad to be here, although I understand completely why I am here, and it's a very sad circumstance, of course, uh, and I know our hearts go out to uh, your pastor and his wife and family, and we just need to uphold them in prayer and trust that God is indeed drawn near to them and comforting them as well as drawing near to us and giving us comfort in our sorrow and loss as well. So, well, this morning we have a scripture reading, and uh, from what I understand, you uh, have uh, an NIV version of the Bible in the pew, and so I invite you to take that Bible and open it to uh, Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to read verse 25 through 34. And in the Pew Bible, it's found on page 1505. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. We're dropping right down into what's called Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. So while I stand here uh, as Dave Balicki, I'm really not going to give you the sermon. <laughs> We're going to hear from Jesus Christ. He's, he's going to be the one, really, that's going to give us the sermon for this morning. I'm just going to make a few uh, comments on his sermon and point out a few very important things regarding his sermon. So let's, uh, let's begin to read this. Matthew chapter 6 beginning at verse 25. It's on the screen too, I believe. <clears throat> Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap, or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? <clears throat> See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. And that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, <clears throat> What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? <clears throat> For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. <clears throat> but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, 
and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That ends the reading of God's holy word. <clears throat> Every single word that you've just read, every single word that's been spoken here, comes from the lips of Jesus Christ. So really the first thing we have to really ask ourselves, deal with within ourselves is this question, <clears throat> who is Jesus Christ to you? Who is he? Now, when that question is asked of people everywhere, there's all kinds of different answers. You see, if he's just sort of a smart man or a prophet or somebody that doles out good advice, then that's how you're going to receive what has just been read. In that way, good advice. However, if you consider and believe that Jesus Christ is God incarnate, and he is your Lord, your Savior, then this message will take on an entirely different tone. It will take on an entirely different kind of message. It is not one of, maybe you ought to think about doing, but it's a message that we are commanded to do. If we are to call Jesus Christ Lord, we rightly cannot do that unless we're willing to surrender all or unless we're willing to look at Jesus and say, you are my Lord, you are my master, you are the one in charge of my life. And I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to do my very best to obey you. That's really what it comes down to in a nutshell whenever we read especially the Gospels and especially when we hear Jesus' words. We, we first have to consider who is this speaking to us and how am I going to take what he has said to me? Am I going to just think about it or am I going to do it? And that's a challenge. Is anything that we're called to do we need faith in order to do it. And there's no one here among us, <clears throat> no one in the body of Christ worldwide that has perfect faith. And that's what Jesus Christ is really calling us to consider, is to consider our faith. Now the title of my sermon is <clears throat> The Cure for Anxiety. And I want to be honest with you, the reason that I chose such a message is because of the times in which we live. You know, we're living in the, in the midst of a pandemic. I mean, who, who among us uh, two or three years ago would imagine that we'd all be sitting here with masks on? You know, that we'd all have to be six feet apart from each other, that we'd have to get vaccinated. <clears throat> that half a million people 
as it's been recorded, would have died from such a virus. We, we wouldn't. And then, and then I, I, I'm sure you, unless you've been living under a rock, you've, you've probably uh, realized that there's been a, a reaction to this pandemic. All kinds of reactions. All the people around you, they're all reacting. And you look at some of the reactions and I, I got to, again, be honest with that. Some of you are doing what I, what I do is, ugh. you know, what kind of response, what kind of reaction is there? But again, you know, it's, it's quite easy for all of us to, to look out at other people and look at their reaction, to look at their sin and forget all about the man in the mirror, the woman in the mirror. And that's what Jesus is putting up for us this morning. Is he's, he's putting up a mirror. And he's saying, don't consider the reaction or response to difficulties that other people are responding. But how are you going to respond? How have you responded to this pandemic? How have you responded to the difficulties that you've had in your life? <clears throat> in the preceding verses, we've, we started at verse 25. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> I think I better get a drink of water here before I get going there. <clears throat> That's better. <clears throat> Excuse me. In the preceding verses, in the, in, in the first part of that chapter, chapter 6, Jesus is asking a big question, a really big question. It's something that we need to take personally, each one of us. And this is the question he asks. Are you going to trust me for everything you need in life? Are you going to trust me? Well, Jesus already knows how much we really trust him by our response, by the way that we respond to difficulty, the way that we've responded even to this pandemic and whatever else we've gone through in life. So how do we know? How do we answer that question? Do I really trust Jesus? Do I trust God to provide for me? How am I going to know what the answer really is to that question? Well, what Jesus is getting at in our passage today is, he says, you're gonna know how much you trust me by how much you worry, how much anxiety rises up and sort of sticks with you lingers on with you whenever there's a difficult situation that you're in. See, worry, which I will often use the word worry as a equivalent to the word anxiety, all right? I understand there's different degrees of worry. You can be a little bit worried. You can be a whole lot worried. You can have a little bit of anxiety. You can have a whole lot of anxiety. But just realize that every time I use the word worry, 
I'm using it as an equivalent to anxiety. Now worry will cause you to think, I can't trust God to provide my needs. So I will have to get more than what I need. <laughs> and that leads to greed. You're going to conclude, you know, I, I really can't count on God. So I have to count on myself. I mean, who else is going to take care of me? Has that thought ever maybe crossed your mind? Like, you know, you know where is God? And can I really count on him? Can I really trust him in the midst of my difficulty? Can I trust him to get me through any kind of difficulty? Can I, can I just simply trust him to take care of me uh, day by day by day? Worry brings all these questions up in our, our minds, the doubts and, and fears that maybe God just has forgotten me somehow. That he's, that I'm on my own. I, I, I you know, who else is going to take care of me? I got to, I got to, I got to take care of myself. What I'd like us to do is to look at some of the questions that Jesus asks us whenever we begin to worry. Whenever we begin to worry, he asks us a series of questions in verses 25 through 28. I'll take each verse. There's a question in each one of those verses. Verse 25 is, Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? See, what he's trying to get us to do is, if we begin to worry, he's, he's saying, let's stop and ask this question. Let's stop to get you to think about this. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? The next verse, 26. Are you not much more valuable than the birds? Well, if I stop and think, you know, birds are important to God. All the animals are important to God. And so if God takes care of the birds and feeds the birds, I think he would take care of me. Verse 27. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Science has shown us that actually by worrying, we could almost subtract the hours to our life. Science has determined all kinds of debilitating kinds of effects that extended worry and, and deep anxiety can have a negative effect on our bodies. And see, Jesus is saying, you know, if you're going to worry, uh, you, you think that uh, you're going to live longer? It's actually, you're going to live shorter. And so who is really the source of, of worry? Who's putting all those thoughts in your head? Well, we got to admit, it's Satan, isn't it? See, Jesus says, I've, I've come to give you more life, an abundant kind of life. And Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy your life. So who are we going to listen to? 
Are we going to listen to Jesus? Or are we going to listen to Satan? And then, after asking these questions, Jesus reveals to us why we have anxiety, why we worry about these kinds of things. And I know I'm giving it a little bit more broad application than what Jesus is giving than just food and clothing and you know, how long we're going to live. We can, I believe, throw in everything else that we have ever worried about or maybe perhaps even this morning you're worried about. Why do we have such worry? Well, in verse 30, it's there, isn't it? You see, Jesus is acting as the great physician. We can say, Dr. Jesus, why do I worry so much? What's behind all of that? And in verse 30, he says, the reason why you worry is because you have little faith. That kind of stings, doesn't it? When you hear that, you know, little faith. Is that, is that true, Jesus? Well, I, I believe we can trust Jesus' diagnosis here as a doctor. That's what he's doing. He's diagnosing the reason why we worry is because it's due to the weakness of our faith. So now we're talking about faith versus worry. And I want to be very careful here when I uh, speak about those two words, those two ideas, the two things that are happening in your life. And uh, the reason I want to be careful is that I don't want you to have the idea that it's one or the other. You know, sometimes people will present what's called a, a false dichotomy, a false dilemma. Well, if it's, it's, it's either this or it's that. And in this case, it's not either this or that. It's not you either have faith or you have worry. <laughs> We've got both, don't we? We have both. We have faith, yes, but we have worry, yes. So why do we have both? Well, again, Jesus is not saying in verse 30, you don't have any faith. But you have little faith. We have little faith. Our faith is weak. Now, none of us has a 100% perfect, strong faith. We've got weak spots. And when do those kinds of weak spots manifest themselves? When do we become more aware of the weaknesses of our faith? Well, the answer to that is simply when we're put in a difficult situation. 
That's when our faith is tested. That's when our faith is tried. That's when we discover the weak areas of our faith. See, Jesus already knows those weak areas. You see, whenever we go through a crisis, crisis does not develop character. It reveals character. When we go through difficult times, our faith is not at first developed, but it's revealed to us <laughs> how weak it is. I mean, you probably remember back in fifth grade, when you took that pop quiz, I think we, were, we had a pop quiz this morning, didn't we? Well, you remember that pop quiz in fifth grade? Okay, teacher said, I'm going to do a pop quiz in math. Uh-huh. You see, this is, a, this is a pop quiz by Jesus. He's saying, okay, when you, when, when you worry about what you're going to have to eat or drink or food or clothing or whatever it is. Pop quiz. What's your reaction? Are you going to worry? Is fear going to rise up? Are you going to have doubts? Where's your faith? How strong is your faith? That's, that's all a benefit for us. It's to let us know where we're at in our faith journey. See, anytime Jesus tests our faith, he doesn't do so so that he can crush us or smush us down or to fail us. But he does so to make us aware of where we're at in our faith. The main point, I believe, that Jesus is making here in our text is this. Is the less faith we have, the more we will worry. See, Jesus does not want us to worry. He wants us to grab a hold of our faith and to walk by our faith and not by our sight. So nice sounding, isn't it? Try it. It's a lot tougher. It's not impossible, though, is it? See, God will never, ever tell us to do anything that is impossible. But he'll give us difficult circumstances. So that, first of all, we can determine how much faith we've got. What is our weak area? And that will bring us to a very important decision. A very important decision. What are we going to do? We've got an imperfect faith, a weak faith, and we realize that we're starting to worry, we're starting to doubt and be fearful. You might have some other symptoms too. What are some of the classic symptoms of worry? Well, too many sleepless nights. 
tendency to isolate yourself, depression, fear about the future, maybe even suicidal thoughts, a secret feeling of helplessness, and even sometimes a tendency to deny that we're worrying. Now it's a little bit hard for us to determine whether or not we're worrying at times. But the people in our lives, oh, they can see it. You can see when other people that you know quite well, when they begin to worry, you ask them, are you worrying? No, not me, I'm not worrying. No, no. <laughs> Who are you trying to kid? You're trying to kid yourself. Yeah, I've done these things too, people. I, you know, I'm human. <laughs> so I'm trying not, I'm saying these things not to make fun of anybody. I'm just pointing them out to say, hey, we've all experienced this. That worry is not a good thing for us, for others. So the point is, is when we have that faith and worry begins to arise, again, we have this very important decision. Now, if we make no decision to do anything except continue on to worry, then one thing is gonna happen. Our worry is gonna grow stronger. And what do you think is going to happen to our faith? It's going to grow weaker. And the longer you remain in that state of worry, it, it's going to weaken your faith. So when you're, you're faced with a decision, first of all, I want to say a no decision is a decision. <laughs> okay. So what is the decision? Well, the decision is, is I'm going to do something about my worry. I'm going to do something about it. So what can we do when we begin to, to feel anxious? Or we start to worry? Well, often we will go to a close friend or, or our loved ones and say, you know, I'm, I'm really worried about this. And, you know, the, the person who's listening wants, wants to be compassionate, and, and rightly so, and so they will sit and they will listen to you and let you worry. <laughs> Notice I didn't say, get it out, because... There's, there, there's no getting out of worry. In fact, when you start talking about your worry, you know what begins to happen? What have we, it, it goes from here to here, doesn't it? Huh? And then, you, you know, it's like, I, I gotta go talk with somebody else because that'll make it better. You know, I'm gonna go this way, but it just keeps going that way. So that, while it's good to talk with others that you indeed are worried, let them know. Because again, the tendency is not to let anybody know. 
and you just kind of fake it, you know? Oh, I'm all right, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Right, tough guy? Yeah, I'm fine. So what are we gonna do? Well, Dr. Jesus has something that will help us in our worry. See, we've got to do something about our worry. That's step one. And we've got to do the right thing. The thing that will diminish our worry and eventually take care of it. Wipe it out in that particular instance. Now that's no guarantee that the next time we're in a difficult situation that we're going to worry again. But I'm hoping that by teaching you what to do with your worry, that you will learn to do it the first time, and the next time, and the next time, and the next time. And you will find that when you do what I'm about to say, or what Dr. Jesus says, <laughs> that it is effective. You know, often when we're in a difficult situation, we do a lot of different things. We try to, a lot of different things. We talk to a lot of people. Fine. And then sometimes, when that doesn't work, when we get to the end of all of that, when we try all the things that we could think to do, <laughs> then what comes for a Christian? Maybe I should pray. Well, I'm glad that that has made the list. And, and there's nothing wrong with it being, per se, at the bottom of the list. But here's a, here's a suggestion. What do you think if we moved it from the bottom of the list to the top of the list? That when we begin to worry, that the first thing we would do is we would begin to pray. Dr. Jesus in Philippians, speaking through the Apostle Paul in chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, here's what Dr. Jesus has to say. Do not be anxious. And in the Greek, it comes out as, do not continue to be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Now what's that going to do? That's verse 6. The result of that is in verse 7. And the peace of God which transcends all of our understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In other words, that, that fire of worry and anxiety is going to be snuffed out. Not by you, not by your friends, not by your spouse, but by Jesus. He's going to snuff it out. If... You take your worries, your cares, your anxieties, and come to him in prayer. You do that, 
then your anxieties will, will vanish. How often do you have to pray? Well, how often do you worry? You worry today, pray today. You get up tomorrow, you start to worry, pray tomorrow. There's, there's, no, uh, there's no limit, no limit to the amount of prayer <laughs> that you can bring before God. And that's what Jesus is saying. Now, now as a result of, of diminishing that worry, you have your worry over here and you have your faith over here. You start to bring that worry down, get rid of that. What, what's going to happen to your faith? <laughs> it's going to rise. Why? Because you're going to gain more and more confidence in the power of God every time you go to Him in prayer. That there's going to be a result, and that result is you're going to have less worry. That doesn't mean your troubles are going to vanish, but that you've placed all of that before God. And you could even say, God, I'm tired of worrying about this. I want you to worry about it. <laughs> I've heard some people even say that. And if that helps you, fine. So it, it starts with supplying our daily needs. But it also extends to everything else. <clears throat> In verse 6 of Philippians 4, it says, Do not be anxious about anything. <laughs> that sort of fills in all the blanks, doesn't it? So you'll begin to be more confident about God coming through for you. You'll put out your anxiety, vanish that. You'll say, oh God, I can trust you. And I can trust you more. And I can trust you more and even more. And if you have trouble thinking about whether or not God is going to bring you through the current situation, Think about all the other situations you've been through. Who got you through those? God got you through those, didn't he? And he got you through whether or not you worried about it or not. So what is, what is worry? Well, they say worry is sort of like a, like a rocking chair. Yeah? A lot of action, but it's not going to bring you anywhere. So all these things Jesus is bringing for us. He's saying... Really think about why you're worrying. It's, it's not doing you any good. It's not going to have any positive effect. Go to me. Pray. Trust me. I will provide. Will you do that? Will you trust Jesus to provide for you, to take care of you? You know, God is ever faithful. He's been a faithful God before this pandemic. He's a faithful God right here and now, and God will be faithful beyond this pandemic. He will be faithful all the way through to the end of your life. Will you trust him? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we admit our, our faith is 
It's got some weak areas. It needs to grow. We discover that every time we worry, every time we become afraid, every time we doubt, and that question, Lord, let it ring in our ears. Do I trust you, Jesus? I can trust you, Jesus. I will trust you, Jesus. Lord, help us to do that each and every day, each and every circumstance. We pray this in your precious name, Jesus. Amen.